Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. It's my pleasure to be with you again this week. So today we're talking about whether you might be missing the signs of spirit presence in your life. And if you've been following me for a while, you know that reconnecting with loved ones in spirit is the key to overcoming grief. And in fact, my work for the past 40 years has focused on helping you use your current relationship to heal the old scars that you suffered during childhood. I call childhood the deformative years, and that's not a joke. And for most of my professional life, I focused on resolving conflicts with those close to us. And when my husband left his body and I discovered we don't die, I realized that our relationships aren't meant to end with bodily death. Now, many people have unfinished business with significant others in spirit, wounds that we suffered when we were young. Now, the trans-dimensional grief resolution method combines my conflict res resolution methods with after-death communication. And the result is you can reconnect now and heal the wounds you suffered at the hands of any being in spirit. One of my patients said, I wish my mother would hurry up and die already so we can work it out. And that is no joke because once in spirit, loved ones are more able to see how they messed up with us and their own spiritual growth and evolution requires them to work it out with us. So it's a win-win for us and for them. One of the primary ways that loved ones in spirit try to reconnect with us is by sending us signs. But what if you're missing the signs that your loved ones are sending you? Well, it's gonna be really hard to reconnect. It's gonna be like ships in the night, missed, missed. So last week, I talked with you about how to overcome the false beliefs and inaccurate religious teachings that interfere with our reconnecting. Today, I want to focus on recognizing the signs that your loved ones in spirit are reaching out to you. So today, I'm going to give you an overview of the most common signs, including symbolic ADCs, that's short for after-death communications, physical sensations, unusual sense, temperature changes, electronic and animal manifestations, coins, visual apparitions and specters, thought induction, mind melding, that's one and the same, and communicating through humans and animals, and of course, numeric repetition. And then after I get done with this topic, I'm going to answer the questions that you submitted to me at AskDrLove.com. I always love hearing from you, and I love to answer your questions. So let's get on to recognizing the signs that your loved ones in spirit are trying to reach out to you, and also even your hated ones in spirit. They're trying to. So when we're speaking about spirit signs, it's important to know that spirits often use props from the material world to offer signs of their presence. And it's important to recognize these signs so you don't miss all the cues that are being sent your way. Now, if you're familiar with the transdimensional grief resolution method for healing grief, you know that the cornerstone of my method is a technique that I developed called dialoguing with the departed, which consists of speaking back and forth with those in spirit to heal unfinished business and obtain guidance. So signs are not the same thing as a direct dialogue. St signs are static in the sense that your loved one drops a sign on you and you hopefully witness the sign. 
receiving signs is a one-way form of communication. It isn't the same thing, obviously, as a dialogue, but I do want to show you a little bit about how you can engage in back and forth conversations with the help of signs. And I also show you how to use what I call earthly props, like animate and inanimate props to facilitate a nonverbal back and forth exchange. But before you can establish a dialogue using the signs and the earthly props, you have to recognize the signs. Once you're aware of the signs, then you can use the signs and the earthly props to engage in a back and forth dialogue between you and your loved one in spirit. Like, I'll just give you a quick example of what I mean. Um, animals, I've, lear I've learned that animals will uh, open their beaks or their bills once to say yes. So I'll say to a wild bird, if you understand what I'm saying, open your beak and the bird will open its beak. And then if I want to use that bird as an open vessel, I would say, okay, Jean, if you're coming through the bird now, have the bird open its beak once and then it will. So there I'm having a dialogue with the help of this open vessel. Now, let's get back to the signs that are being sent your way. And I want you to be aware also that the signs just becoming aware of the signs is sufficient to initiate reconnection for most people. And the signs, the signals of spirit presence are subtle. Spirits often have a way of remaining anonymous, so it's easy to overlook them. So don't expect to be bowled over, but also don't be shocked or frightened if you experience astonishing displays, because I know I have. The best way I have found to familiarize you with the signs is to give you examples from my own experiences with Jean, my husband in spirit. And I hope that my examples are going to familiarize you with the many signs that your loved ones in spirit are sending you to offer their presence, the confirmation of their presence. And, and I also don't want you to feel like an emotional orphan, because if your examples, what comes through to you doesn't seem if your examples don't seem as exotic or outlandish as my own, don't think I'm an orphan because Jean is pulling out all the stops because he wanted me to tell our story. He wants you to know without any doubt that the spirit lives on and that love never dies. So the signs that are over the top from Jean are not just for me, they're for you as well. And even if your signs feel subdued, compared to the ones that I'm going to share with you, don't despair. Your loved ones are working up quite a sweat, if you can picture a loved one in spirit sweating, to signal their presence to you. And they're doing it all the time. And you're going to see as your eyes are open that your loved ones are continually sprinkling a trail of spiritual breadcrumbs just to let you know that they're not only watching over you, but they're also yearning to continue a relationship with you. And they offer these signs to remind you that they are ready to do whatever they can to support you as you travel down the bumpy road we call life. They want to assist you in completing your personal and spiritual growth so that you can fulfill your divine purpose on earth in preparation for your next life in spirit. And by the way, um, there was a Harvard psychiatrist who I heard recently talking about the greeting process. And he said, oh, well, when patients talk about receiving signs, we know they haven't healed their grief. Well, that's ridiculous because how many signs have I received in the presence of other people who have witnessed the signs and they weren't grieving? So they're not grieving. They're not in a grieving process, but they witnessed the signs. So I dismiss all that. Now, also, there's a whole new field of science where 
the scientists, the quantum physicists talk about soul survival, and they're understanding now that the energy of the soul cannot be destroyed. Even Einstein knows, knew this. So basically, um, some think that the energy is like ethereal scope, soap scum, and it just hangs around. This is not true either. The beings in spirit are completely aware of what's happening in our world, and their signs indicate that. So, and remember also, when a loved one is no longer, longer confined to the limitations of the physical body, the soul is free to soar and they're pure energy. And that means they can influence our material world in amazing ways that defy time and space and gravity and laws of science. They, the ways that spirit can influence our world, they're infinite. So let's jump in here. Let's talk about symbolic ADCs, after-death communications. Spirit beings often use a symbol to represent their presence that's meaningful to you. So Jean often has talked to me through chipmunks, birds, rabbits. Um, the father of one of my patients uses the Cooper's hawk, which was a bird that signified his strong essence, and he favored Cooper's hawks. Butterflies and feathers are a common form of symbolic communication. Uh, one day, soon after Jean left his body, I was driving and I was really missing him. And I pulled over and a butterfly landed right on my windshield and it stayed with me as I drove home. Um, another day, uh, I gave a talk, a first, the first public talk where I told my story and my reconnection with Jean. And I was leaving the building after my speech in the company of the pastor who arranged the event. We got lost and we ended in a dead, ended up at a dead end corridor. And at the end of the corridor, I was absolutely flabbergasted. There was a Vassar poster with an etching called the three trees. I was absolutely flabbergasted. Jean's family coat of arms was called les trois arbres, which is the three trees in French. And then as I walked to my car, a butterfly fluttered beside me. Now, another thing I want you to be aware of is the sensation of love. I call it waves of love. Because spirits uh, are one with God and because God is love, you're gonna offer, often experience an overwhelming, overpowering wave of love when a loved one in spirit comes to you. And I'll often feel it, I describe it as a tidal wave of love. One day uh, I was driving home and I felt that tidal wave of love and I heard Jean say in my mind, this is thought induction or mind melding, don't worry, it will be fine. I had no idea what he meant. A second later, I pulled into my driveway. I put the key in the front door and the key wouldn't turn. So Jean showed me in that, ex in that manifestation that he knew what would be happening to me with the lock not turning. So it means they're aware of what's going on in the world around us. It also means that the future's already happened. Time doesn't even exist. He jumped ahead to see what was going to happen, really. So this was absolutely amazing. And then my landscaper just happened to be driving down my very small dirt road and I flagged him down and he helped me get into the house. Another thing you want to look for is odd physical sensations. When your loved one in spirit is present, you might feel uh, a sense of pressure or weight on you, a sense of heat or fire or a warm glow or a surge of energy, especially in a part of your body that needs healing, or maybe a golden light pouring over you, 
or a flash of deep love or ecstasy. You might feel chills up your spine or even tingling at the base of your skull or the top of your head or a sensation of drafts or even an actual temperature change in the room, a gust of wind rushing through you. Maybe even goosebumps will sprout on your skin. And you may also feel like a spirit is touching you. I've had that feeling on more than one occasion. So each time Jean or a loved one in spirit from one of my patients enters me, I have goosebumps and I feel a chill running up my spine. Also keep your eyes open for inexplicable physical miracles, right? Um, one day I was so annoyed that the vacuum cleaner was not retracting, you know, the power cord, it wouldn't retract. And I took it to a repair shop and the guy said, the clip inside is broken, no way to fix the problem. The next day I used the vacuum and I could feel Jean saying to me, I fixed it. And sure enough, I pulled the spring held mechanism and the cord retracted like a charm, physical miracle. Also keep your eyes peeled for what I call electronic love notes. Spirit beings use whatever means are available to let you know they're present, to reassure you that they're aware of your thoughts, your feelings, your needs, your wishes, and even to convey messages to you. And again, because they're pure energy, they easily affect electronic devices. Their electrical frequency affects the frequency of our electronics. Electric lights uh, may turn on and off. Um, recently, I had an, uh, a flood in my house and I turned off every light and left the house in the care of the contractors. And that night when I returned home, the chandelier in the room where there had been a flood was ablaze. And Jean often uses lights to signal his presence. So it made sense to me that he illuminated the chandelier because it was the uh, one lighting device that wasn't working in the flood. So he was telling me, I'm helping you. I'm here. I know what's happened. You know, in fact, one day I was having trouble with the septic system at my house and a beloved patient of mine, Candy, who became one of my coaches, she said that when she arrived at the house, she saw Jean standing outside looking at the ground. She didn't know that I was having septic trouble and where she told me he was looking is right where the septic tank was. <laughs> Amazing, right? Now, here's another one. I call this the radio wave hello. I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard of stories or maybe you've experienced stories where your loved ones will broadcast their presence by playing a song at a significant moment or turning up the volume on the radio or turning the volume down all on its own. Jean's done this many, many times using CD players. Um, and because loved ones in spirit retain their essence, uh, you're gonna see them create signs that are in keeping with their essence. Jean was a nymph, always was. And one time I went to a massage therapist in New Jersey and I heard Jean telling me, I'm gonna turn the music on and off on her CD player and I'm gonna raise and lower the volume just so you know I'm with you. And he does this every time I see her until we're both cracking up. And of course, this never happens to her CD player with anyone but me. Now, another um, series of signs I call pennies from heaven. Spirit beings can materialize objects out of thin air to signal their presence. This is called an apport. And believe it or not, 
this was the six year anniversary of Jean's passing. And I was speaking with a patient named Kyla. And I said to her, you know, this is the anniversary week of Jean's bodily departure. And he continues to send me coins that were minted in the year we were married. And as soon as I said this, Kyla blinked and she said, you know, I almost forgot the other day I was in the middle of my room when a coin appeared out of thin air and landed inside my boot and something told me it was meant for you. So I just kept it there. So she stood up, tipped her boot over and handed me the coin. And at that moment, I heard Jean say, you'll see, it was minted in 2006, the year that I left my body. She handed me the coin. I grabbed my glasses. Sure enough, it was minted in 2006. So pay attention to the date on any coin you find and to any object in your path that seems out of place or that wasn't there before. Now, another way that loved ones come through is through birds. Birds and instincts because they're mobile. So your loved ones can kind of take advantage of wherever they are. Uh, recently, I took a road trip to see my sister. It was just a couple of weeks ago. And I had been estranged for several years from her. And I felt Jean saying that he was going to be with me throughout this trip. I approached my car in the parking lot. And at the same time, a female cardinal landed on the passenger side mirror. And I said, hello. I was practically nose to nose with her. And I registered. Jean was confirming that he's with me, which is what I had just heard him say. And then I looked up and I saw that a male cardinal had landed right next to the female because she had flown to a branch now just above the car. He landed right there and he leaned down and kissed the female on her beak. Now, this amazing manifestation was Jean's way of reminding me of our first date to the Bronx Zoo. In the aviary, we saw two lovebirds kissing on the beach, beak, and Jean thought that was so adorable. So this was Jean's private message, using the bird, to say to me, I'm with you on this trip, and it's going to be like a date. And at my sister's, when I arrived, we smelled a very sweet scent. That's called the scent of sanctity. She smelled it too. And then I heard a ding. And a mystery text appeared on my phone and it said, I just love you. Miracles, they're everywhere. Another way loved ones come through is through license plates. I had friends in Millbrook where I used to live and they were a gay couple, Don and William. And they told me the most amazing thing. One night, William had a dream in which he saw Jean sitting at a bar stool in a bar and William in the dream asked him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm saving a place for Jamie. Now, William told this story to Don as they were leaving a restaurant. And as they stepped into the parking lot, a car with a license plate that read Jamie passed right in front of them. These synchronicities are not accidents. These are your loved ones maneuvering all the different elements in the matrix to get their messages out. I'm here. Now, visions. Visions is another way you receive signs. Very often, Jean and other spirit presences will reveal themselves in the form of visions. Since Jean left his body, I have begun receiving frequent psychic messages during sessions. Um, he opened the door to the spirit realm, and since then, I've received a constant parade of spirit visitors banging down my door in order to search my assistance out it, to help them bring peace to my patients, to help my patients reconnect, to help my patients heal unfinished business. One day, a patient named Dara came into my office. She was really sad. She told me her doggy had just left his body the night before. I had a vision immediately of a yellow dog, and I asked her if her dog who just left his body was yellow. 
She said, no. I thought, uh-oh, I'm slipping. But the next thing I saw was another dog showing me two enormous, huge front paws. So I asked Daryl why this dog was showing me his two front paws and she burst into tears. And she said that her dog that had just left his body was missing his two front paws. And I teared up because that sign reaffirms through the vision I was given that we are restored to perfect health in our spirit bodies. And she did add, by the way, that the yellow dog was the dog who had left his body years before. So the yellow dog that I saw first was acting as the ambassador for the doggy who had just left his body. Now, here's another one. This one I call Houdini. Um, on many occasions since Jean left his body, I've seen objects move appear and disappear. One day I was so aggravated over this wooden swing, which I stopped using. It was hanging on a tree because I just didn't want to, you know, have the ticks that were in the grass, you know, get on my skin. So the gardener must have wrapped the ropes around the limb of the tree. And I didn't like the way it looked, but I didn't want to go out there and free it and possibly pick up another tick. So right before my eyes, I saw the swing literally unwrap and fall free. So this again shows that loved ones in spirit are aware of your feelings. And he answered my wish without my even having to ask. Now, another sign is thought induction. And I've given you a few examples here and there of thought induction, but here's one where I took my first trip to Florida for a vacation. And I heard Jean say to me through thought induction or mind melding, even though the plane is oversold, this seat that's empty next to you will remain empty the whole trip because I'm sitting next to you. And that's exactly what happened. He was next to me. The woman who was by my side ended up talking to me, the one who was on the one seat over, her name was the same name as Jean's family in France. Isn't that amazing? And then also the use of open vessels. I've given you some examples. They'll use animals, domestic and wild, to let you know they're here. The first trip I took to Florida, a bug whizzed past my window, made a U-turn, landed on my window, and I looked. It was two birds mated in flight. So Jean was using those bugs as open vessels to communicate his presence and saying to me, I'm here. I'm here with you, we're mated for life. Let's take a quick break. I'll give you a couple of more examples of how your spirits come through and then we'll get on to your questions. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love broadcasts in five of the top 10 US radio markets reaching 40 million listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group for a surprisingly reasonable rate. Everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other radio relationship advice show presented anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business?
You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and I'm talking with you about how to recognize the signs of loved ones in spirit in your life here on the earth plane. And before we took the break, I was giving you an example of how loved ones will often come through insects and birds, but also they can come through what I call human open vessels. So children are naturally open, the disabled, the homeless, the elderly, the terminally ill, they're closer to spirit already. They're closer to leaving their bodies, easier for them to be reached. And even those who have mental illness, we're more broken down, which breaks us open to spirit. So I had a, a friend when I lived in New York named Anne. She was very stoical. You know, if her kid got run over by a bus, she wouldn't even cry. Very stoical. We went out to dinner one night right after Jean left his body. And all of a sudden, tears formed in her eyes. And she said, I wish I had a camera. You look so beautiful tonight. I wish I had a camera to preserve how beautiful you are. And tears were in her eyes. I was so flabbergasted. Jean said that to me every now and then. He'd have tears in his eyes and say, I wish I had a camera. So unbelievable. Be aware of these subtle ways that your loved ones come through. Also, be aware that they know your thoughts, feelings, needs, and wishes. And they will signify this to you through signs. For example, I went out to a restaurant and I saw some lilies growing and I silently thought, you know, tomorrow's my birthday. You always gave me roses or carnations. I love the scent of lilies. I will never receive lilies from you ever again. The next day, the doorbell rings. 1-800-Flowers is delivering me a bouquet of lilies. How did it happen? My acupuncturist said she received a message from Jean, send her lilies. Unbelievable. Be aware. Be aware. These gifts are all around you. Dreams. Loved ones will also give you signs of their presence in dream visitations. Something Jean stepped into my dreams many times. When it happens, it doesn't feel like an ordinary dream. It's sort of like we interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special message, and then they step in. One time, uh, a patient of mine, Teresa, was going through a really painful divorce, and she said to me she had a dream in which a man stepped in in the middle of the night. He was sitting beside her bed, and she said he had the most angelic, gentle smile, and he sent her the message, everything will be fine. I picked up my photo album and I said, was this the man? And she said, yes. She had never seen Jean before. I had never had any photos out in the office. And so Jean was reassuring her. And Jean always told me, now do you understand why you're Dr. Love? Because all the millions you love and touch, I can love and touch them through you. So he touched my patient, Teresa, and brought her comfort. Also be aware of how they come through during twilight states. 
when your mind your conscious mind is asleep your superconscious mind is awake and a twilight visitation just as you're awakening or just before you're falling asleep is a very easy time for them to come through you're almost in a trance and they will come through so be aware of that specters also is another way that they bring you signs of their presence a patient of mine said that when her husband left his body she saw a whitish kind of specter that floated up to the corner of the room and then she heard my sweet rue and then the specter was gone candy my patient who's also a coach said that one day she saw her cat behaving very strangely and staring at something she took a photo of him and in the photo she could see lots of specters specks and orbs that the human eye couldn't perceive because spirit vibrates at a higher speed than we do sometimes you might just see a flash across your field of vision and sometimes you might not even perceive them because they're moving at such a higher speed also be aware of the sounds of spirit jean has over the years produced many inexplicable sounds creaking floorboards door chimes ringing uh couches creaking so listen for those sounds of spirit and also be aware of the scent of sanctity i gave you an example earlier in the show in which i smelled the sweet scent of sanctity and then i got that electronic love note from jean um one time i was sitting next to a highway nothing but car fumes when i said to my friend i feel jean is with us and suddenly she said i smell the sweetest perfume the scent is like gardenia jasmine jasmine lilies it's some nothing like anything we've ever smelled on the earth plane also they bring us signs to let us know that we're safe they do things to keep us safe i heard the most amazing story from a patient who said that a grandfather had left his body the week before he was in perfect health and the next week the grandson was in the back seat of the car and unbeknownst to the parents he had unclipped his seat belt and they got into a car crash and the boy was careening toward the front and he was going to go right through the windshield when he said he felt an arm pull him back that was grandpa in spirit knowing the accident was coming down the turnpike literally he left his body to protect him also beware of repetition they will repeat what they want you to remember uh and they will also often rhyme and you'll hear it over and over and over again in addition they will use recurring numbers letters and dates to get your attention right after jean left his body he kept showing me license plates dgs do god service saw it 10 times a day 15 times a day different cars can't be an accident right so the examples i've given you are just to show you the many ways that the spirit of your loved ones can manifest themselves to you no doubt there are even more ways than i have mentioned i'm going to see more ways in the years to come so are you so keep your mind the eyes and ears of your heart open all your senses alert to the blessings and the miracle of spirit contact and the point is you need to know that you're not meant to be separated from those you love and reconnecting and staying connected is the only way to heal your grief and if needed heal your unfinished business by dialoguing with them so 
let's get on to some questions. And remember, submit new questions to me at askdrlove.com forward slash questions, plural, so I can keep on helping you. All right. This one is the first one I'm going to answer. I don't know from where to start. And I'm going to read the questions as they come through to me. Uh, I'm not going to fix the grammatic grammatical errors because a lot of people are writing from all over the world and you'll get the idea. So I don't know from where to start. My partner gets angry at small things. I really cannot understand what he wants sometimes. He makes me, sometimes he makes me the happiest. Other times he makes me feel worthless. He is in hotel management and currently working very hard for his internship. And I send him a text every single day because I really want him to know I'm here with him. He had a very traumatic past. His real mom abused him and he has a stepmom. His dad loves him. He was very good at the start of the relationship, but now I feel like he has changed. He's very scared to talk to me because he feels that I'm going to fight with him and leave him, and he gets jealous very fast. I really love him. All I want is his time. I feel like I'm detaching from him because we don't talk much, and I really want him to be part of my life, and he gets angry at one thing, and then that thing is going to extend up to one week, and it's very hard to keep him happy. No matter how hard I try, he still gets upset. I really don't know. Should I put effort in this relationship or should I just leave him? I love him, but I don't know if he does. What should I do? Okay. So we're dealing here with a very injured person. He flip-flops from being the wounded child to being the abusive parent he grew up with. Very common in people who have been victimized. They have two sides to the self, the victim and the abuser. When he makes you feel worthless, he's becoming the abuser and doing to you what was done to him by his abusive mother. But he's not only been abused, he was also abandoned. So he's afraid to speak directly with you for fear that you will abandon him as well. So I think he stores up his feelings associated with things that you've said or done that didn't land right. The pain festers and he goes into his wounded child place. And then the wounded child feels entitled to get his feelings out and he blows up at you which is the only way he knows how to behave and communicate. So he vacillates from victim to abuser. So the first thing you need to realize is that you're trying to make someone happy and this is not in your power to do. This guy needs serious therapy. So I would encourage you to lay out for him exactly what he is doing because up till this point, he hasn't really known what he's doing. You tell him that when he's, that he is arranging to get you to abandon him the way his mother abandoned him. Tell him he behaves like his mother. And when he's angry, he becomes abusive like his mother and belittles you and gives you the silent treatment for weeks on end. And I would tell him that he's recreating his past by dumping on you the way his mother dumped on him. And he is, on the one hand, getting out his anger at her, which feels good to him. You become the mother who he beats up. But by mistreating you, he's going to end up pushing you away permanently and reliving his abandonment pain. And I would tell him that if he wants to keep this relationship, he has to get therapy. And I would also encourage you to no longer reward his mistreatment of you. And by reward, I mean give his mistreatment no attention. The minute he starts to belittle you, you put up your hand and you say, you may not speak to me that way. When you are calmed down and ready to describe with no verbal attacking what I said or did that didn't land right, I will listen and do my best to understand you. But I am no longer going to give you any attention when you mistreat me. Walk away, hang up, end the text. He needs to be trained by you 
regarding what he may and may not do to you. Now, remember, nobody set limits on his mother. So he learned that abusive behavior is acceptable and he has modeled after her behavior. And now he needs limits. And if he doesn't straighten out his behavior toward you, you need to do more than detach and emotionally. You need to step away from him. Now, I want to remind you, you may love him, but you have to love yourself more. I want to hear from you after you do what I've suggested and let me know how you make out. Believe me, I've healed many patients with this kind of an intervention. And if you can state what I said and follow through, we have hope here. Okay, here's the next question. Hello, I have been seeing a guy regularly for four months now. We see each other once a week due to our busy schedules and we are okay with that. He and I have expressed that we haven't talked to or gone on dates with anyone else. Last week, we were talking about where this was headed again. We check in with each other, and this time he brought up some concerns. He said things felt forced sometimes and that there have been bumps along the road that he thinks was too early. I tried to ask him for examples, but he couldn't express it. Then he went on to say that he says this may be just his insecurities, seeing that he sometimes thinks that he is unworthy of me. He also said that he wants a relationship and knows he wants one, but when it comes time, he thinks that he isn't ready. I don't know what to say to him. I do have feelings for him, but I know he needs to figure himself out first, seeing that he thinks these are insecurities. He doesn't want to be in the gray zone for much longer, and I agree. If we have to go our separate ways, I'll be hurt, but it's for the best if he is not fully certain and has these insecurities. Should I check back in with him the next time I see him, or do I give him a couple of weeks? If I do talk to him, is there anything I should or shouldn't say to him to help him make up his mind? Okay, great question. So I hear that he's waffling, and I suggest that you tell him that since he suspects it's his insecurities and feeling unworthy of you, that is giving him the cold feet, the only way to resolve the impasse is for him to talk to you honestly about his insecurities and his feelings of unworthiness. And I tell him also that most of us have these feelings and they stem from when we were very young. Things that didn't go right for us when we were young leave scars. And for example, let's say he was the youngest sibling. He may have felt dumb and inadequate when comparing himself with the abilities of an older brother or sister. And that feeling of inadequacy could stay with him and will stay with him throughout his life until he unearths the original wound and heals the origin of the wound. And that's just one of many possibilities that could cause the feelings he's having. And the fact that he cannot cite you doing anything now proves to me that his reactions are coming from before. You know, my core therapy method focuses on helping everyone use the intimate relationship to heal the old scars we all carry from childhood. And when the scars are healed, we're able to move forward and have healthy, happy, happy and healthy relationships. And by the way, if you want to check out my book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, it'll give him and you clues as to the origin of his old scar. I have an entire chapter in that book, very unusual, where I list the, all the kinds of injuries we suffer when we're kids and then how that inner injury reveals itself in our adult relationships. So I would tell him. You guys should make no decisions about the relationship until you've worked together to heal the wound that's causing his insecurities. And why end a good relationship when I, I think it's his buried wound, not the relationship that is causing the problem? So let me know how you both do. All right, take a brief break. I'll be back in a moment. 
Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love broadcasts in five of the top 10 U.S. radio markets reaching 40 million listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group for a surprisingly reasonable rate. Everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other radio relationship advice show presented anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf and I'm answering the questions that you submitted to me at askdrlove.com. And you know, think about these questions as relating to you. We're really all one. Whatever issues one person suffers with, you have suffered in the past or you will suffer. So partially identify with whomever I'm speaking to in the given question. Put everything I say in your memory bank. It will help you too. Here's the next one. When you love someone who is already in relationship with another girl, and for that person you are also as important as his girlfriend, what should I do? Okay, so I think you're saying you love someone who has let you know that you are as important to him as is his girlfriend. Now, even if it's true that you are as important to him as his girlfriend, the fact remains you are not his girlfriend. The other woman is. And you asked me what you should do. So it's not clear what you're asking me. Are you hoping he'll give up his girlfriend and make you his girlfriend? Are you hoping to win the person you love away from his girlfriend? Well, the guy has apparently made a choice. You are the third wheel. You are in a love triangle. And I know it's painful for you to be yearning after someone who is not available to you. And I know this is not an easy situation. Now, in many ways, your story reminds me of the original love triangle that happens in our first families. It's part of the normal growing up process for every kid to fall in love with the opposite sex parent and hope to win that parent for yourself. That is, if you're straight, if you're gay, you might fall in love with the same sex parent and hope to win that parent away from the other partner. Now, this pattern occurs in all cultures. It's called 
the Oedipal complex when a boy is involved and the Electra complex when a girl is involved. Now, eventually the conflict is resolved by the child realizing that the parent belongs to mom or dad, his life partner. And the resolution of the complex comes when the child says, well, I'm going to grow up to be just like dad and just like mom and find a girl or find a boy just like mom or dad. So you basically give up the unattainable object and choose someone like the parent that you, be, you model after the one, um, you model after the parent and you say, I'll choose someone like the one he's chosen. That's the ideal. But often the ideal doesn't happen and we derail. And the result is we never resolve the Electra or the Oedipal complex. For example, I knew a psychoanalyst who always fell for married men. She was always in an insolvable love triangle. Why? Her relationship with her father was a very incestuous one, emotionally incestuous. She was like his surrogate wife. They'd go out dancing while mom stayed home. So in other words, she never had to give up the dream of winning her father because in a way she had him for herself. And so as a result, she didn't let her father go and choose to marry a man like her father. So she was forever trapped in the pattern of falling for a married man she couldn't have. Your story is similar to that example. You're in love with someone who's attached to another. And I bet if you think back into your early life, you're gonna find that something went wrong and that something prevented you from resolving the Electra complex. Maybe your father was unavailable or abandoned you in the family. This experience could also cause you to go after a partner who isn't available to you. Now, you asked me what to do. So the real answer for you is to do some soul searching and find out why you're so attached to an unavailable partner. Dig deep and find the original wound that has set you up for this love triangle today and then work on healing the original wound. And the healing of that wound is going to set you free of this pattern so that you're not going to keep falling into the pattern of pining after an unavailable partner. Okay. Moving along to the next question. This question, I have the subject here. I should have read you the subjects for uh, the other questions. This is, is she my soulmate or should I just let her go and forget about her? Hi, doctor. There is this girl. I met her in 2015, mid-April. I was not interested in her, but her friend, only to find out that she is dying in love with me. So I then shifted my attention to her. Well, little did I know she was the prettiest girl. Why did I not notice her? I kept on asking myself. We decided to be in a relationship, a long distance relationship. We were both born 1998 March. She is on the 13th and I on the 30th. We understand each other a lot. I mean, we would spend four to six hours on a phone call since we were in a long distance relationship. So she decided to have sex with me around September of November, 2015. Our relationship became so strong and we got to know each other a lot. 2016 mid-year, we broke up simply because I was the one who cheated on her. So we broke up, but did not lose communication with each other because we would talk about how life is going for each other. I would not talk about what was bothering me with my girlfriend, but I would rather tell my ex what's been bothering me, and I tell you I would get better after that. So later in 2018, I tried my luck of winning her heart again, but she was not up for that. I don't know why. Perhaps she was seeing someone else. 
I did not give up. I kept on trying until I won her back 2019, February. It lasted for eight months. It was a long distance relationship, but we did not feel that nor had a problem with it. But the problem was me. I was bottling with my personal family issues at some point. I would feel as if I am a burden on her or the relationship is a burden. So I neglected her. I did not give her too much attention. I wanted to be alone because I felt like she did not understand my suffering nor my background. So I decided to block me to all social platforms. I did not mind that. In fact, it was a relief because I felt like my problems are decreasing. Later, 2019, around September, I came back to myself and it was like I lost myself and I decided to search for her on social platforms. Fortunately, she unblocked me, but she was not willing to get back with me. I thought it's over between us, so I tried to forget about her and not to bother her again. I told myself this, if we are meant to be together, she will come back by herself, and she did. 2021 April, it was at midnight, I was with my other girlfriend. I received a text from, from her on the social platforms, it was her. While my girlfriend is asleep, we were chatting. She told me that she was in a serious relationship with a guy, and apparently the guy asked for marriage for her, but she said no. She said no, simply because on that night, she told me that she does not see herself with anyone else other than me. She said she wants her lover back, meaning me. I was not honest with her. I told her that I did not have a girlfriend. We decided to get back again, but mind you, now I'm seeing two ladies and that is not my style. So I decided to dump the one of 2015. I mean, she is away from me and I last saw her in 2016. That was me convincing myself, forgetting that I once said, if we are meant to be together, she will come back by herself. It was on the 25th of May, 2021, when I dumped her. But after a week, I started regretting my decision, and I regret it up until today. I still regret my decision. I'm not seeing anyone simply because I feel like I should wait for her. But she does not know, nor I know how she does. She does not know how I feel about her, nor I know how she feels about me nor is she willing to talk to me again, but she is my soulmate. Should I let her go or forget about her? Okay, your story is so distressing to read. Now I get that you're young and if my math is right, you're only about 24 and that is of course a young age to settle down, but I'm still concerned that you treat, you treat women like disposable objects. You do not treat women like people with feelings, like you have no capacity to understand. Gee, why does she feel this way? Gee, I wonder why she wouldn't take me back. You wanted this woman who you think is your soulmate, but you changed your mind and you dumped her for another woman. Then you cheated on the woman you were with. You dumped your girlfriend. You two-timed both of the women. Then you got the, you got the one you wanted back and then you dumped her. So when you have what you think you want, you destroy that relationship. You only seem to want what you don't have. And so again, I'm not surprised that your ex won't take you back. Why should she? You've given her no reason to trust her. Now you're wondering if your ex is your soulmate, when what you need to be doing is serious soul searching to figure out why you behave the way you do. You have no business being in a relationship with anyone until you straighten yourself out. You're like a loaded weapon doing damage to other people. You need to identify who treated you or your parent with such careless disregard during your formative years. That is, did you watch your parents treat each other this way with complete disregard, treating each other like objects, no consideration for each other's feelings, or did one or both of your parents treat 
you this way. Whoever that is trained you to dump on the women you're with, you're doing what you experienced or witnessed. Were you pulled in and then dropped? Did your parents pull each other in and drop each other? Something is seriously broken inside you and you need to locate the origin of that wound and heal that wound. And the way to heal is to form a solid relationship with a therapist who will not dump you and who will encourage you to not quit therapy and the relationship until the healing is done. The bottom line is you need to heal yourself before you can even think about having a relationship. You don't even know what a soulmate is yet. Okay. <clears throat> Next question. Will my boyfriend's parents not approving of us living together harm our relationship? This is a really great question. I've been planning, here it is. I've been planning on moving in with my boyfriend for over a year now. We're a few months away from it. And I found out today that his parents vote no on me moving in. They don't hate me or anything, but their logic is he's paid for the, his house and everything he owns alone for the past three years. So he doesn't need my help. Nothing about us living together is a matter of financial desperation. Yes, there will be financial benefits for both of us, but that is just a perk. I enjoy his company and we both want the same things out of life and have discussed them at length. I'm also over at his house so much, it just makes sense. Will them not fully supporting our decision harm our relationship? Is it possible they could convince him to postpone moving? He's very close with his parents, which I find extremely attractive, but sometimes they tend to be a bit overbearing and I don't want him caught in the middle either. I know I'm probably overthinking this and in the end it's our life, but any advice would be helpful. Isn't that an intelligent question? So it's wise that you're thinking ahead to what might happen if you go against his parents. His parents sound very mercenary. <clears throat> they don't seem to see beyond dollars and cents. And I can't imagine how limited their relationship is because they obviously can't understand that you want to be together because you enjoy each other, not because you want to be roommates who live together to, to defray bills. I had the thought that they were worried that if you broke up, you would force him to sell the house and divide the proceeds. So have you asked your boyfriend how he feels about going against his parents' wishes? The real issue is with him. If he is dependent on his parents' approval, then he needs to work on himself and separate psychologically. If he is separated from them emotionally, then there will be no fallout to worry about. But if he still seeks their approval, then you have a much bigger issue than moving in together. And if this is true, he will always be seeking their approval and they will always be driving a wedge in your relationship. So ask him how he feels about their dictating to him. And how would he feel if he makes a choice that goes against their wishes? Ask him that. You get the idea. If he admits that it's a problem for him to not follow, follow their wishes, then I encourage him to do some therapy ASAP. So I really want to hear how all this plays out because I am really rooting for you. You sound absolutely lovely. Okay. Now, here's one. My girl is in love with someone else. So, hi, I hope you're well. I recently noticed my girlfriend of 11 months, when she sees someone, ex's lover's car, or similar with color gray or metallic blue, she looks with interest if it is him or not. She literally turns her head. I've confronted her and she told me I have to trust her. Is there reason to be concerned? Well, the fact that you ask says that you are already concerned. The fact that you feel concerned is something that needs to be evaluated. So apart from looking at cars that resemble her ex's ride, does she give you any reason to feel mistrust? 
If your answer is yes, then note the various things she says and does that make you doubt her fidelity and then take a hard look at yourself. Do you tend to be an insecure or a jealous person in all your relationships? Have you been cheated on in the past? Did you grow up in a family where a parent cheated on your other parent? Do you choose partners who are not trustworthy? So it's important to know that much of the insecurity we feel in our relationships can be what I call an inside job. By this, I mean the feelings are coming from inside ourselves, from our own past and the injuries we suffered. So if our parents neglected us or outright abandoned us, that sets us up to feel insecure in our future adult relationships. The mind thinks, if my own mother or father didn't stick around, how can I trust someone who isn't a blood relative to be true to me? And when we have a history of abuse and neglect, we're prone to choosing partners who give us another dose of the same familiar treatment. Familiar pain is preferable to the unknown, unfortunately. And we can also behave in ways that induce the other person to treat us in ways that we are accustomed to. So for example, if you're used to being dumped, you'll be braced for being cheated on, and then you're gonna see danger and red flags everywhere, and you could easily accuse your partner of cheating even when he or she is not. And eventually, your accusations can actually cause the other person to do what you have suspected them of doing. And I've actually had patients say, well, I still, since I keep being accused of cheating, I might as well cheat already. So I've given you a lot to explore. If you find out that your fear is an inside job, get some therapy so that you can heal the source of the insecurity. You know, I don't do a lot of private therapy anymore, but anyone who feels that you need help from me, um, you can do a one-time discovery session with me. You can find those one-time sessions at askdrlove.com. The discovery session is where I kind of dig in and help you figure out where the problem originates and give you a, a path forward to healing it. I also do the energetic system upgrade, also a one-time session where I help you kind of recalibrate energetically to come, come back into your life with more clarity and joy and purpose. If you're not sure where you're going is right. The sessions are similar, but different, but we, all roads lead to Rome. And of course, uh, the grief relief session that I've been offering um, to help people reconnect and heal unfinished business with loved ones in spirit. Because, you know, all these questions that we're talking about exhibit problems that we've had that stem all the way back to our deformative years. And sometimes we don't have a chance to work it out with our parents or whoever else we had trouble with. But we do have a chance now through the transdimensional grief resolution method and dialoguing with the departed, you can heal the unfinished business that you're dragging into each new relationship and finally free yourself so that you're ready for love, love, endless love. I will see you next time on Ask Dr. Love. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at askdrlove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Thank you.